Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and the ShareCare Health Security Verification Solution and brought to you by JetX, your trusted private aviation partner for travel to Europe and beyond. Hello again. I'm talking with Jason Montague, a good friend whom I've known for several years. He is president of Regent Seven Sea Cruises. And I want to find out what is the difference and what also is the similarity between an operation that is exclusively at sea from any luxury hotel or resort. Let's bring in Jason Montague now. Jason, you have a name that is perhaps quite um, confusing for some because there is also a hotel group called Ray, called uh, Regent. How do you uh, relate to Regent, the hotel group? There is uh, there is no um, connection directly to us. Uh, you know, back in the day when Regent was part of Carlson Companies, that's where it originated from. Where the cruise line was was changed from. It was originally Radisson Seven Seas, and they changed the name to Regent Seven Seas. And uh, um, Carlson also had the Regent Hotel at that point too. Now that's trans transferred hands since then, and is no longer with Carlson. But yeah, we're completely separate. But I'm sure it's a great help to both of you because you're associated with your luxury um, cruise company, and Regent is building up the luxury side of a hotel group. Um, can you briefly share how many ships have you got? How many, uh, do I call them cabins or suites? And so definitely suites. <laughs> what's the difference? Oh, size. Uh, you know, oh. luxury is all about space. So mm-hmm. in, in the luxury industry, we're all suite, all balcony um, on our ships. Um, so it's definitely from a size standpoint. Uh, in, in, the, in the normal contemporary premium, they have standard uh, cabins. Um, which are um, obviously smaller, where suites are 300 plus square feet uh, and up up to our largest, which is 4,443 square feet. Wow. That's like having a private yacht or more than a private yacht. How many ships have you got at the moment, Jason? Five. And we have a sixth on order that's being built already. Uh, and it'll be delivered in the uh, November of 2023. You do plan ahead. Now, it takes about seven years for a typical hotel to go from start to finish. Um, how How long does it take when you're building a ship, when you're thinking about it through design and construction? So a, a new generation ship uh, that isn't a sister ship to some uh, ship we've already built will typically take three and a half, four years. Whereas if it's a sister ship, like the ship we're building in 2023, the Seven Seas Grandeur, uh, will take uh, less than uh, three years to build. That's a very quick, but it gives you time to think ahead. And you do think ahead because you have published your itineraries for 2024. You think ahead 
And so do your customers, I think, don't they? Yes, we're all the way open through April slash May of 2024, depending on the ship. Uh, and people book far out in advance. Give you a quick example. Our world cruise in 2024 sold out in two and a half hours. Wow. And how many of those people who booked up straight away, how many have traveled, had traveled with you before, approximately, Jason? You know, traditionally, we average past guests about in the mid-60s. Uh, well, sorry, in the upper 50s to 60%. Uh, the World Cruise skewed a little bit more than that, but it was closer to two-thirds, probably, uh, past guests and, and one-third new, new to brand. Do you realize how much the hotel sector envies you, Jason? You're sitting there with a big smile on your face because you're getting people to spend money up front and to commit to coming with you uh, two years ahead. Now, no hotel anywhere in the world can say that, even if they get a booking. I have a booking, for instance, in a, on a certain date in 2023 under an assumed name because I want to escape for one night. Um, but... My goodness, that's incredibly rare. And I have not been asked to pay up front. Your people, your guests pay up front. Hotel owners really envy that because you have that money to play around with and you have a commitment knowing who's going to be in suite 2023. What do you envy about your cousins who are owning and running hotels rather than ships, Jason? Well, it's, it's like our ships are all over the world. So we visit 450 destinations across the world. So we have to deal with um, regulations and requirements throughout the entire world. So it's a much more complex product than having a fixed asset in one location. So I envy that aspect, but... I have to say on the other side of that, I am so happy that we do that because we can move the ship at any point if we need to, uh, for whatever reason, if there's something happen, happening in a portion of the world where we need to move the ship away from. So it gives us a lot of flexibility, but there's obviously a lot of requirements that we have to go through to make sure we're meeting all the uh, different jurisdictional requirements throughout the world. We've talked about guests. Can we talk a minute about talent? Your people coming to work with you on one of your ships are going to be on for at least a couple of months, sometimes longer. Is that a challenge or not? We've, we're, we're blessed. Uh, you know, the, the heart and soul of the region experience is all about the crew on board the ships and our employees and our shoreside offices around the world. So that's, that's the key to what makes Regent so special. Um, and I'm a firm believer in, in any business, that's always the key. Uh, but it really rings home when they're on board the ship uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for those contracts that you mentioned. Um, we've been very blessed. We've had people with us. We're about to celebrate our 30th anniversary and they've been, we've had people with us that entire 30 years. Um, and so the longevity we have with our staff is incredible. I will tell you, if you don't mind one more thing, one of the things that makes me the most proud and happy is when I walk on board the ship and I see our guests 
coming up and embracing our crew. Uh, there's some deep relationships over the year that's established between guests and crew. Now, we, we obviously service uh, at an ultra luxury level. So we know how to be hands off and hands on where there are that types of relationships. But that's the types of bonds that we have between guests and crew built up over the years. It is a lovely feeling from a passenger's point of view, from a guest's point of view, getting on board and discovering that the waiter who's serving breakfast coffee is Muriel, for instance, or one of your other lovely people. And your people, because they are living on board, it seems that they're perfectly happy to be themselves and authenticity is so important these days. The authentic nature is like you couldn't have hit it more on. They are just naturally uh, amazing people and, and the memories that they have and the preferences of what guests want and how they do it, not with technology. You know, I'm a big believer that technology can help us, but there's certain aspects of service that technology gets in the way. And in the talent that the people on board our ships have of remembering preferences, remembering people is outstanding. I wish I had that, Mary, personally. Um, I'm not that good. Jason, you have all kinds of talent. So many, I could I, I could talk to you forever about that. On the service side, we were on a river cruise, obviously not yours, um, and. The waiter the first day noted what I took from the breakfast buffet. And when I came down to breakfast the following day, there was served in front of me a platter a la carte with exactly the same fruits in the same alignment. And the waiter didn't say, look what I've done for you, my pleasure. He just put it down with a big smile. There's a great confidence in them. Do you think it is a help in establishing the relationship between the people who are serving and those who are being served in that you are um, tips inclusive? In other words, it, it's all included in the price. You know, I believe it overall helps the atmosphere um, across the board for both the crew and the guests because it eliminates that aspect of it where there truly are that authentic nature in serving the way that they they do naturally. Uh, and they're not trying to angle one way or another uh, like you'll have in other environments. Um, I also think it's great for our guests because it allows them to truly relax and not have to worry about any aspect of the entire journey. You know, we take great pride that we have the most inclusive experience and it really allows our guests to have all the planning done in advance and truly enjoy every aspect of the experience because it's all about the experience, Mary. It is from the beginning to the end. When you get on and you have a glass of, uh, and you can have one glass of champagne and you can have as many glasses of champagne as you like. Well, I am a great believer in the all-inclusive product. And funnily enough, I do want to talk to Jason about new travel and the new breed of travelers. And I was hearing only a couple of hours ago that younger Chinese who are staying in ground-based resorts, they like all-inclusive because they like to know how much they are actually paying for something. They might be 
Chinese billionaires, but they still want uh, to have the best. Jason, this brings me on to the fact, one thing that worries me about cruising in general, when I look at the advertising and promotional brochures, all the people featured are grey-haired and looking like grandparents. Now, we do have amazing older generation key opinion leaders. I'm thinking of Kai Kusama, that incredible Japanese artist who always wears bold, bold polka dots. She was born in 1929 and she's still going strong. And she is an influencer. But why does the cruise sector feel that it's important to promote an image of heterosexual grandparents? Well, you know, I think that will continue to evolve over time, Mary. You know, traditionally, um, one of the things that you that is different between cruise and hotel is that we don't have one or two night stays uh, in a hotel um, like land-based resorts or hotels will have. You know, at a minimum, we have our, our shortest cruise is seven days, but our typical average is 11 days, in between 11 and 12 days, with our longest cruise being 132 days. And so when you have longer cruises and typically international destinations, it means longer trips. And so one of the key aspects is you have to have the time and the resource to travel. Now, what will change, I believe, in the future is the fact that with people working anywhere um, uh, via remote, um, it gives people an ability to travel ways they never have before. So I can see how we will be evolving this um, over the next five, 10 years, especially as the internet speed on board cruise ships across the world. It's already started in some localized um, destinations on ships, but I think over the next three to four years, you're gonna see internet speeds start to mirror what people have at home. And so working remote while traveling uh, will become a much more prevalent uh, thing you'll see in, in you know four or five years from now. Moving around is actually an incredibly exciting idea to, to uh, for people who are working remotely. And we are seeing hotels getting into this. You know, uh, Belmont, owned by LVMH, has been offering, is offering up to stays of at least two months. And you can move from one property to another and they provide working uh, facilities. How long do you think it will be before you on Region 7 Seas, before you have connectivity that is going to be suitable for people who want to work away from home? Well, I am, you know, I will tell you, I I have a fortunate aspect of my job that I do go on the ships and I do work on the ships. So I can effectively work from the ships. It's just that our internet speed is not nearly what it is in the office or my home. Um, So if you're doing uh, Zoom video calls and stuff like that, we're we're quite not there yet. Um, I can work via email uh, and files, uh, leveraging files from the corporate office effectively. But I, I think in the next three to four years, the technology will catch up um, with lower orbiting satellites uh, that will be in that position. 
You see, this is so exciting because you really don't need anything else to attract this new generation of younger high income. And we've got so many high income uh, millennials of, of many different nationalities. You need probably some more USB ports. You need probably to open your fabulous gyms 24 hours, uh, but as long as they can get connectivity. What are you doing to attract a new breed of traveler of all ages, Jason? Because travel is changing. Could you share a couple of sentences? Sure, sure. The, you know, one of the core aspects is we're, we're focused uh, intently on the experience, not just on the ships, but off the ships. And so we include free and limited shore excursions in all ports of call, but we have over 2,000 options for guests to choose from uh, throughout our entire sailing. So we continue to invest uh, in new and interesting ways for guests to experience uh, all these amazing destinations we go to how they want to. And, you know, and I will tell you, Mary, I think luxury is one of the most overused terms uh, in our industry in general. But luxury to me is really... Uh, what matters to an individual person in customizing the experience. We can learn so much from hospitality at sea. And one thing that is very relevant to me is that so many of the top cruises are now completely booked out through 2024. Good travelers can't wait to get back on board because they know people will look after them and they want the something different that Regent 7C can offer. Thank you, Jason. I will be back. And I'll be back with you all in a few days' time when I'm going to be chatting to somebody else who does things differently. Chris Norton, the CEO of the most amazing Equinox hotel brand, it started as gyms and fitness. And Equinox now provides experiences that include, for instance, minibars unlike any others, staff that wear amazing white suits, and Chris, who comes from such a traditional background, is as young and lifestyle as anybody in the entire world of global travel. Come and join me as I am talking to Chris Norton, CEO of Equinox. You've been listening to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, produced by Allmont Global in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and the ShareCare Health Security Verification Solution and brought to you by Jetex. Wherever in the world you need to travel, Jetex offers expert solutions and guidance to make seamless global connectivity possible, even in the most challenging times. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.